And we're back. Season four, episode 10. We're in the, we're in the double digits already for this season. Can you believe it? Coop no. Talk with Sutra and Hawk. <laughs> this is Sean Hawkins. And of course, my friend and yours, Tuscaloosa. You can hear the heavy size already. <laughs> Cougar Sutra. What up? How are things in the, in the sweet south? Man, you know what? Ninety-nine we had, degrees. <laughs> we we had we had three days this week that uh, that hit triple digits and uh, yeah, crazy today. today Meanwhile, it's like low forties here. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, I think Spokane yeah. got snow a week ago. So the world we live in, right? So I feel like I won the bye week. How about you? You're undefeated, undefeated fan. Well, just, you know what? It was it was great this morning. I was on a walk and with the dogs. It's beautiful. Washington lost. We didn't lose. It's, it's a great Sunday, you know. I could roll around in that for a while. It's a, it's a great Sunday. Do we want to announce to you that in a few moments we have a, a special guest star that's going to be popping on. So as soon as he does, um, we will uh, we will introduce him. We're very excited about it. So just wanted to throw that yeah. out there as a quick tease. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to hint at who it might be? Absolutely not. Okay. Yeah. We'll just, we'll, I could give a pretty good hint, but we'll we'll, just, we'll let it lie. Well, how about this? The 12s will like it. The 12s will like it. That's the hint? That's the hint. The 12s will like it. Okay, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, here we go. All right. I could go one step further on that. All right. You want to, I mean, are we going to spoil it? Because I felt like that was a good clue that that didn't necessarily like put anybody squarely on the beaten path unless they were like really dialed in. Let's let's let that lie. All right. Let's let it lie. All right, cool. So, So, how was Germany? Uh, Germany was freaking killer. Yeah. It, and, and your experience watching the game was, uh, was, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience because of the fact that, you know, I'm sitting there at a hotel room at four o'clock in the morning, um, you know, watching this game and, and, uh, and, you know, it was, it was for a half, it was, it was, a, it was a good game. I was really, I was really optimistic going into halftime. And then obviously the second half happened and, uh, the second half happened, um, And man, you know, it's like, you know, you look at my initial thought um, coming out of um, that game as I walked around the the streets of of Hamburg at like, you know, seven o'clock in the morning before anybody was up was that, you know, if if you just you could just take that game and freeze it. And if we had somehow figured out a way to have, you know, just eked out that UCLA game, if, you know, if Winston hadn't fumbled on that penultimate yeah. drive and we're sitting right here right now at four and one season. Oh, notwithstanding all these other issues that we'll get to here in a little bit. But if we're sitting yeah. right now at four and one, we are fat and sassy. Well, with, with major alarm bells going off. Oh, it's not to say it's not to say that disaster wouldn't still be looming, but I'm saying that in terms of like what our outlook would be right now with Washington sitting there with two conference losses, both of which by the way, are divisional losses. So tiebreaker wise, yes, tiebreaker wise, they are in a heap of trouble. In fact, I, well, what is, doesn't Stanford already, what is Stanford's conference record at the moment? Are they two and one? Uh, they have, they have two conference losses because they lost to both USC and Oregon. Um, oh, that's right. They already played. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they forget about that USC game. Yeah. But they've now, they're two and two then because they beat Oregon state and now Washington. Yeah. So they're two, they're two and two. Okay. Um, 
And, you know, but that head to head is huge. Yeah, it, it, it is huge. But, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, you get into these and I think that we're I mean, we'll, we'll have to see about what happens and whether or not anybody can chase down Oregon or whatever. But, you know, I think that, that there's a good chance that we could be headed for a multi-team tiebreaker. And, you know, if you get into a situation where it is that everybody's beaten everybody else, you know, then the, the second tiebreaker after head to head is is uh, is divisional record. And so for the dogs to be sitting there. Um, you know, at zero and two against against the North. I mean, there, it, it, it's it's a really steep climb for them. Last night really may have been the end of of, the, of their season in terms of uh, divisional aspirations. Now, are they good enough to be able to run the table? I suppose maybe they are, but you know, I mean, it's 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 what it's October fifth or something, and they're and they they've already taken on two conference losses. I mean. Um, yeah, it, it, well, I, I was, I was, I was really, I was surprised by how, and I, you know, I thought Stanford played fantastically. By the way, I mean, they look like a legit. I mean, def- they defensively, they look like a Stanford team of old. They look fantastic in the back. Um, they had solid pressure up front, um, and uh, and got home with all of their blitzes. Um, they uh, they wore down that Husky defensive front in the second half with that running game. I mean, it, it was it was good old fashioned Stanford smash mouth. And um, you know, I, I I went to bed last night thinking, you know, I, I can still imagine a scenario where we could win every game on our schedule. And then after seeing you know what happened with uh, with Oregon State and UCLA, and then seeing seeing Stanford, I was like, and I can also imagine a scenario where we could lose every game on our schedule. And obviously we're not yeah. going to do either one of those two, but, um, but it just, you know, shows that, that, that this year may be more than other, any other, the, the amount of, of parity um, that we're seeing in the league is, um, is, is pretty remarkable. Oh, it's, it's, that's, that's great points. And I couldn't agree more on the, the lack of the, uh, the Mount Everest team, you know, the super team is not there this year. And I'm including Oregon in that conversation. And I know they played great and lost against Auburn and they've won every other game since, but I don't know. Did you catch any of the Cal game yesterday? Um, I just only caught, um, you know, bits and pieces of it. I, I, I did watch, you know, a little bit of the, uh, of the Auburn and, uh, and Florida game and was uh, resoundingly unimpressed by what it is that I saw of Auburn. And I think that that's, you know, part and parcel of what happens when you have a young quarterback like Nix, who's just, you know, who's just wild, absolutely wild. And, and just, you know, panicked. Yeah. Well, I mean, you see it all the time. These kids, they don't have any experience. And so, you know, no. you get certain situations where it is, that you, you know, you get certain looks that you aren't really accustomed to and there's a process of adjustment and you get a little bit behind in the confidence game and it starts to snowball a little bit. And um Yeah. So, well, the reason I asked about Cal, or Cal and Oregon, yeah. I don't, I mean, or I watched most of that game and I was pretty unimpressed with Oregon, to be honest. I mean, they were turning the ball over left and right. I think they had three giveaways, um, but they struggled to score points. They scored 17. Now Cal is a, is a, is a great defense. It's, it a, really it's, it's a great defense. Yeah. And Oregon has a really good defense too. I mean, they, they, they really slugged it out with Auburn, of course, but um you know, they gave Stanford a, a hell of a time and, and, and um, that was a backup quarterback for Cal, but Oregon's really fast on defense, like really fast. So Brock was, uh, Brock Heward was mentioning that several times about their speed from up above in the press box and watching how fast they close. Um, they've got some real athletes back there, but um, 
they don't look like a super team to me either. It's it's really strange. I, I do think though, and I, I wouldn't, I, I mean, I, as much as emotionally we want to count out Washington or laugh at them or whatever, I, they're still in the driver's seat as far as I'm concerned. Now they need an extra loss from Oregon along the way. And I think Oregon will lose another game, but Washington still gets everybody that's key at home. I mean, their biggest road game left is, is Arizona, right? Yeah, I guess. But, you know, I mean, the, yeah. the, the, the quality of opposition that they still have to face, you know, moving forward is, is arguably better than the opposition that they faced thus far. And they've already taken on two losses. And I mean, we, 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 we certainly yeah. we certainly have seen, you know, what it is that 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 Eason looks like when he plays, um, you know, when he plays at the top of his game, his performance against, you know, what was, I think a run down, but still nonetheless, a, a, a solid BYU team. I mean, he looked like he was a, an NFL guy. Um, like your blood. So yeah. Um, Physically and otherwise, but you know, yeah. last night, um, boy, oh boy, did he look, uh, did he look average? And it's just like anything else, man. It's like, you know, if you, if you get home and you can put pressure on a quarterback and you can make, um, you can make guys start, you know, moving backwards instead of get, you know, getting that, that firm plant in their, in their, in their back, uh, their back leg, then, then everything starts sure. floating and, and, uh, yada, yada, yada. So, um, I just, you know, I was just surprised at Easton's struggles though. I, I, that's the second time like Cal, he's, he looked like that against Cal too. And now a lot of drops, but, um, yeah, I just, I, he seems kind of up and down now granted that was their first road conference game right that they played i mean they, their only other road game so far was at byu and byu is you know they just beaten usc and i mean you can start to connect some dots there um but you know you get it you're starting to see already just a couple games in the conference play across the country you're starting to see some weird results or scores are down or you know, because there's, I think, I think part of it might be the familiarity between the the programs, and you know, well, how much is Washington really going to do that's going to be a big surprise to David Shaw? No, and probably not much. No, and you know, you get into the obligatory thing that is true across all sports and footballs, and and is no exception. Is that you just it's so much of the game is is, is about matchups, and um, so I think we, we I think I think we we have our our, our man on the phone now. We have our special guest star. Yeah, we do. I'm here. Special guest star. He's here. <laughs> How are you doing, fellas? For... Pretty good. How are you? Good. I really appreciate you guys uh, letting me join. I got to say, after um, the UCLA game, I I saw it on Sutra's um, uh, Twitter, and I went and gave you guys a listen to the podcast, and I was absolutely floored with how um in touch you guys are you guys i mean you guys were rattling off our recruiting class from 2010 like it was the back of your hand and um i was just so 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 impressed and i said i i was just listening uh monday morning and i was talking thinking to myself i i I, if there's any way i want to be i want to you know, join, I mean, obviously I just want to, I want to be a part of this, uh, at least, you know, maybe for one episode or whatever, but I was just so, so impressed with you guys. So I've been telling everybody that'll listen to me to go to listen to this. Wow. That's fantastic. Do we want to, uh, we kind of gave a hint at who you are. Yeah. Well, uh, we haven't actually announced who it is yet. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> this Connor Halliday. No. Here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
well, yeah. well, the hint was that the hint was the twelves will love it. Oh, there we go. I like it. Not a Seahawk like twelve. Yep, yep. That's <laughs> yeah, perfect. The other twelve. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. So yeah, man, you know it's it, it's a it's a it's a pleasure to have you on, and you know we we we've talked about you ad nauseum, you know through the through the years and on the blog, and you know the one, um, the the one main thing you know that that we want you know to say to you and and also to the fourteen people out there that that are listening is a reminder about <laughs> you know. The reminder, the reminder, you know, about, about the conditions in which it is that you entered the program and, uh, you know, the struggles on the offensive line, the lack of a running game, the fact that you were put into a system that was built in large part on players helping to be able to teach players. And because you were the first generation, there wasn't anybody to, you know, help you learn. You had to do everything on the fly. Um, and you look at, you know, the lacerated liver against, you know, Utah and uh, culminating in the, you know, catastrophic injury against USC. I mean, your, your performance and your perseverance, and your toughness um, is second to none. You gave everything to the program in some ways. In the end, the program took everything from you. Um, and, uh, grateful for all that you did for the school. It was awesome watching you play and, uh, and we're psyched to have you on. Well, thanks. I, I can't tell you how much, uh, those words mean. And, uh, I, I, I will say one thing that I, you know, now that it's been, you know, been a few years since my career has ended, uh, one of the things that I really, really want to get across to everyone, to, to Kook fans out there is, um, kind of what you said the way the way my career went um you know when I was in the middle of it I think one thing that I kind of heard a little bit uh that I got a little bit of a rep for you know some people thought it was bad body language or some people said it you know some people weren't thrilled with the way that I led and I, I just really want to say that um Cougar football meant absolutely everything to me. You know, I, I lived and breathed. Uh, I mean, this was my, this was my everything and turning the program around was my absolute number one goal. And, um, you know, when I, when I got there, there were, um, you know, a, a bit of the roster that just didn't, care as much as um you know some other guys did and i you know winning was my life and um you know there was just you know a few some of the roster that just didn't care as much and i that was tough for me but i really i mean cougar football is is everything to me so i uh i really just want to you know be now now that you guys have a platform to say that i just kind of wanted to try to get that across that uh this this meant the world to me well it showed and uh you know yeah. for those of us who who watch you know steadfast through you know through the through the the darkest of times and also you know the 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 best of times during your your tenure which was you know the climb is is arguably you know the uh the funnest part in, you know, program building and uh, without question, you know, you and, and, and that, you know, that core group turned things around in 2013 and, uh, and, and really paved the way for the development of all the younger guys 
um, especially, you know, River and, and, uh, and Jamal and Gerard and, um, and so, uh, so, you know, everybody that's Gabe Marks. Gabe Marks. Yeah. I mean, they, <laughs> yeah. so, so we owe you a, a huge debt of gratitude. And, um, and so let's talk about Tracy Clays. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, sorry. I'll, I was, I was actually yeah. with, uh, Peyton Palour last night. We had back way back, uh, I don't know, last spring or whatever it was, um, when they had uh, the night with Cougar football in uh, Bellevue, Washington, a uh, right. auction went off for a dinner um, out at a beautiful, beautiful home of uh, Mary. Lady's name is Mary Joe, and the guy's name is Michael. Um, they basically a couple bought a dinner with Jack Thompson for like $10,000, and I got thrown in there, and that dinner was last night, so Jack couldn't make it. So Peyton Pelour has stepped in for uh, Mr. Jack Thompson, and we talked a lot about the uh, Clay's deal. And I think um, what it really comes down to, and I, obviously I want to hear what you guys have to say, but uh, Clay's didn't really – it wasn't a great fit just coaching staff-wise. You know, Leach isn't <clears> – <throat> Leach is a heck of a coach and does a lot of things well but Leach isn't the greatest motivator, you know, um, it's kind of, it's kind of self-motivating, you know, as a player, especially on offense, you know, on offense, there needs to be a good vocal leader, you know, because Leach really isn't that vocal leader. I mean, when things are going poorly, he'll get after guys, but, you know, as a positive reinforcement or vocal leader, he really isn't that. And so when Alex Grinch was on the staff, I mean, it was absolutely perfect because Grinch is in your face, vocal, and and excuse me, and very positive. Um, Clay's is a lot like Leach's in that uh, aspect. You know, he's not very vocal. He's extremely good schematically, and he's extremely good. Uh, you know, take us back to the uh, Holiday Bowl when we played Minnesota, when Clay's was the mm -hmm. head coach over there. You know, when he gets time to watch some film and scheme things up, I mean, he's one of the best coaches in the country. I mean, look at – he sh absolutely shut down that offense. And that, that offense was, was amazing that year. Um, but for everything that Coach Clay's is – He's not much of a vocal leader, and it's really hurt us this year with the loss of Jalen. Uh, Jalen was, without a doubt, our, our vocal leader and getting everybody lined up. And I think, um, you know, it's kind of bit us in the butt here. And I think him and Leach butted heads a lot, and somebody had had enough. I don't know if he resigned on his own or if he was forced to, but – I know Peyton really expressed to me that it wasn't a very good fit style-wise. Do you think, Connor, do you think it's more like he's that press box kind of presence that like almost yeah. like an NFL defensive coordinator personality-wise, a, a good X's and O's, but not a jump around the sideline kind of guy? 100%. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That couldn't, that couldn't be said any better. He's – He's honest to gosh, probably one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. I mean, but right. um, there needs to be a vocal guy that's getting everybody pumped up. And our defense is so young this year. Um, oh. We don't have a lot of self-motivators right now. I mean, it just is what it is. I think uh, as those guys get older, I think every, you know, somebody will step into that that vocal leadership group and uh, 
Jihad Woods has played great this year. Um, I don't think he's played as well as he had, you know, maybe in the past when he had Peyton next to him. But um, right. he needs to step up vocally. I mean, he, he plays his butt off. I'll never question that. I mean, the guy plays his, his, his ass off. But he needs, this is, he needs to step up vocally. I mean, it just is what it is because we are dying for a leader on defense. I mean, we there's – I can't – I mean, I counted more than 10 times against Utah where we weren't even lined up. I mean, yeah, we, we right. weren't even lined up. Our, our safeties are running around, not in position before the snap of the ball. And Clay's couldn't have made it any more vanilla against Utah. We ran like three coverages. We ran man, or whether it was one high or two high man, cover two and cover three. I mean, I, I guess I saw four once or twice. But, I mean, it, it could not have been more vanilla. Yeah, Clay's made it absolutely as easy as possible. We still couldn't get lined up running those couple coverages, and Huntley just tore us apart. Because, I mean, he had all day to throw, and, you know, when you're running two or three different coverages, I mean, it's pretty easy to figure it out after a few snaps, and guys are just running wide open. Do you think – one of the things that we've talked about previously and the, the, the contrast between Clays and Grinch, not just personality-wise, but do you think schematically it's a, it's a, a big issue as far as – Clay's in his past, his DNA has been get those big defensive linemen and, and play coverage all over the place and, and not, you know, the, the speed D approach is so different compared to what Clay's is trying to do. Yeah. Has any merit or. Yeah. 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 I, I totally think it does. And I think uh, you guys spoke a little bit uh, to it a couple of weeks ago, but the loss of Joe Salavea is really yeah. starting to rear its ugly head. Um, what you said, Clay's. That's exactly what Clay's wants to do. Have have big, talented defensive linemen and play coverage behind it. And there aren't any big, talented defensive linemen left on the roster. <laughs> well, that was Sutra's hot take <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, and I couldn't agree with it anymore. <laughs> I mean, when I was I was kind of there, right as the the poly pipeline was you know, yeah. right in, in its heyday. And those boys are so strong and they play so hard and, you know, just kind of as a people, I mean, they, they're very family oriented. They have great work ethic and they're, they're strong. <laughs> and, Absolutely. They, and if they, if they think that, you know, the team's got their back, you know, if, if there's a family feel to it, they will absolutely play until they can't, you know, until a, a bone's broken or till they can't stand up anymore. Um, and it's so much fun to have guys like that on the roster, um, you know, cause I was one of those guys. Uh, so you kind of, you kind of bond together when there's somebody that'll, you know, play as hard as you're willing to. And uh, those guys were just like that. Yeah, I was, you know, just going back to the uh, to the Utah game, and uh, and Sean and I talked about this offline. I mean, one of the things that was actually cool about the the first half of that game when uh, when the cameramen decided that they were going to stop doing their jobs while the 18, <laughs> 18 year old kids were out there still playing. Yeah, uh, the all twenty two though. Yeah, was cool actually. It, I like it. That was really cool because you know, Connor, to your point, you know, it's like you could see. 
um, you know, not only times in which we weren't lined up, but, you know, how far the safeties were playing back. And, you know, knowing just from afar that, that Jalen's safety spot, you know, is one that's, that's helping to make calls and get people lined up and you're sitting there, you know, in the, in the, in the muss or whatever, you know, with, you know, 35,000, you know, screaming, you know, kids and, you know, your safeties are about 25 yards away from the line of scrimmage. It's like, you got to wonder what's going on. And, you know, early on, um, you know, we're, we're, we're in kind of this vanilla zone coverage. We got guys that, that have got their back to the quarterback in zone. Yeah. I mean, you know, it it just, I mean, it shows, you know, the extent to which it is that, um, that every, everybody and everything is so discombobulated. So, you know, my big thing about, um, you know, about Clay's leaving is that, you know, I think it's, I think it potentially is a huge loss, um, given, you know, what you're saying, Connor, about, you know, about Clay's, you know, talent in terms of schematically. Um, I mean, the job that he did last year, um, which is obviously what he's, what he's, you know, famous for is his ability to make second half adjustments. It's absolutely remarkable. And so to not, to not have that anymore, I think is going to be a really, really big loss. But at the same time, it's like any other organization, you know, people, um, people can sense disagreement and discord. um, And, you know, given the, you know, whole, you know, lack of positive motivational climate or whatever else that, you know, that that kind of discord can be like really corrosive, especially for a young team that's trying to be able to gain confidence. And um, so I think, you know, taking that away potentially could be a huge positive. You know, the one thing that we talked, I think in our, in our last, uh, in our last podcast about, you know, how it is that, that the, it's not only losing Jalen unexpectedly, but also when it is that we lost him and losing him after right. spring, as opposed to before right. and how it is that, that it just, you know, it, it threw off, you know, an entire set of assumptions, assumptions about who was going to be playing where. And I think some of our initial assumptions may have been way off and, um, as well, but you know, the one thing that, uh, that, that's surprising to me, and it's not, you know, calling out, um, Daniel, you know, Isom for, for, for his play necessarily. But you, know, you have a guy that's fundamentally a cornerback that's been put into a safety position when he's a JC transfer and hasn't been in the system for more than, um, for more than a couple months. And in the spring, he wasn't playing safety. So, you know, his entire, around. You're right. he was a cornerback yeah. in the spring. Um, yeah. And so, so, you know, I'll be interested to see about how, what, what, if anything, they do in terms of position stuff. I, I, I've been surprised that um, because when it is that Ross has played, he's looked pretty good. I mean, I don't know anything, but he looks pretty good to me. And you would think that the guy that, that served for a couple of years as Jalen's backup that is familiar with all the calls and has been, you know, much more familiar with the defense at that position, given its centrality. In organizing the entire defense, I'd be interested to be able to see about what happens at that position, and uh, and I and it'd be interesting to see if they if they if they throw uh, you know Daniel back to uh, back to uh, a corner spot um, to be able to give us a little bit a, a little bit more size, a little bit more ranginess, um, because you know he he seems like he's a guy that 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 you know the grand scheme of things is tackling mostly okay, so um, right. 
So I, you know, I, I think that that's kind of the big thing is not necessarily about what it is that we do, you know, schematically, but more in terms of like what types of adjustments that we decide that we're going to make in terms of, of personnel and, and, you know, to what extent to which it is that we start mm-hmm. making an adjustment of saying, okay, we need to make a transition from maybe the guys who may seem like they're the most ready to play now versus those that have got the highest upside that actually may be able to, you know, help us turn the corner in a couple of weeks if, uh, if they get a little bit more playing time. Yeah, I uh, totally agree with you in the uh, position change deal. The one thing I would say I'm a little worried about with, uh, you know, the Clay's deal and, and leadership and whatnot. Um, you, you know, with a young team, um, you can only go to the whip so much before guys start to lose their confidence. I mean, right. our defense has been getting torched. I mean, not just not just not having, you know, a, a good game here and there. I mean, we've been getting lit up. And, right. uh, and um, you know, Leach, for, uh, again, one of the best coaches in the country. I mean, just look at his track record at what he's done. I mean, we're, we've got a chance to win eight games, you know, for the fifth season in a row. And I don't know how how many times that's ever been done in Pullman. Um, But with that said, he's not a positive guy. I mean, he's, he's not a rah, rah. He's not a positive guy. And when things aren't going well, it is scorched earth, light your ass up. uh, I mean, screaming and yelling and derogatory and, um, I'm a little afraid if we go down to Tempe and it's what it's been the last couple of weeks, I'm afraid we're going to go in the tank with how young we are and lose confidence to the point that it's irrehensible, uh, not fixable, not in the sense of getting confidence back. And when you're that young, and we're struggling this much with getting lined up in very basic defenses. Uh, a mentality kind of can can be a make or break deal, you know. Even if it's false confidence, you know, it's better than what's going on. And I'm I'm just really afraid if we go down to Tempe and 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 that Daniels kid runs all over us and throws mm-hmm. for 450 yards and five touchdowns that. I don't know if this is uh, – I'm just – I'm afraid for how the rest of the year is going to go with with the mentality on defense with how young we are. Connor, do you think that part of the issues were at the schematic level as far as Clay's, or do you think that it's position coaches not being able to get the message across to the youth in the back end and guys not getting lined up? I mean, for this to continue, of course, we've got the same position coaches in place, right? Yeah, yeah. Only Clay's was is shown the door or left or whatever right. the, the situation is. But yeah, I think definitely uh, a lot of the blames to fall on position coaches because everybody in the building knows, you know, what the personality of the defensive coordinator is. I mean, everybody sure. knows that he's not a rah rah guy. You know, somebody needs to step up and be that because clearly there's nobody on on the team that's on the field that's doing that. You know, I, I think we miss, uh, um, oh gosh, um, a Roy Manning, you know, a guy like Roy Manning, yeah. uh, you know, maybe not the most uh, decorated, you know, of position coaches, but 
he was so positive and, and so vocal and, and did a great job of getting the guys fired up. And I mean, shoot, look at where he is now. He's with Grinch in Oklahoma, you know, doing the same thing. And those guys have really turned that defense around from, I mean, being terrible a few years ago. Um, So yeah, uh, the position coaches definitely needed to be doing more of the vocal leading and I'm not there, you know, weekly to see the practices and whatnot, you know, so maybe there is somebody that's been trying to do that, but just seeing the product on the field, you know, it's clear that we're lacking some type of leadership on that side of the ball, especially. And it's been a lot of turnover on the defensive staff the last couple of years too. So you do have Mm -hmm. newer, newish anyway. Um, And then as a player, I mean, you know, from your time, I mean, well, you've had Leach, but as a, you know, the players bond or not bond, but maybe work better with their position coach specifically over the DC, I guess, or. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. There's some truth to that. Yeah. There's more communication and hands-on with the position coaches. So it'll be interesting with the two man, the two man crew of uh, the DC, the co DC act. I was wondering too about Clay's the way, you know, that he got that three-year extension in the off season and then to resign five games in, uh, and apparently, reportedly, no severance or anything or no settlement or really it's, it's such a yeah, that was uh, I think that came out yesterday from Theo. Wow. Theo That's interesting. Yeah, so, I hadn't heard that. Now, maybe it's just not reported. Maybe there was a OK, you can resign and we'll, we'll make it worth your while somewhat. But um, yeah, that seems very strange for someone to walk away from hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table, you know fire me pay me a severance at least i guess i don't know it's just it's a strange strange yeah especially with the timing of it you know what i mean i would expect it to if he was if he really did walk away you know if he wasn't forced out it would make a lot of sense uh as a player um you know these things kind of happen the game goes terribly he's been thinking about wanting to leave you know, maybe you watch the film Sunday morning, you know, we obviously have practice Sunday night. And then Monday, he says I'm out, you know, maybe at the latest Tuesday morning slash mid afternoon says I'm out. I mean, it happens a week after I I just the timing of it is really weird to me. That is. What about the bye week though? What, What I mean, the operation side of things? I mean, what was it like? with the bye weeks though are they aren't they on the road recruiting at this at that point yeah yeah they're they're definitely hit the road recruiting uh you know they'll we'll be in practice they'll have a practice you know sunday they'll watch the film sunday have practice sunday night and then yeah monday they're on the road mondays are off day and and they're on the road and for at least you know monday tuesday wednesday um probably into thursday too so uh i'm not the timing of it's just weird to me. It is. <laughs> yeah. So how about a, a little bit more uh, optimistic tone in terms of, uh, yeah. in terms of you know, the, the, the other side of the ball. And, you know, I think that one of the things that, you know, we've talked about over the years that, you know, the thing that tends to put the uh, entire Cougar fan base into, uh, into a bad mood usually is related to whenever it is that the offense has a hard time scoring. You know, we lose that game to Utah, forty-five to thirty-seven, and uh, and have more or less the same defensive performance. I think that folks are uh, are feeling a lot more optimistic as opposed to the uh, being shut out in the second half and 
some of the struggles that uh, that 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 we saw Gordon and company uh, go through. Um, what do you kind of what do you like in terms of uh, in terms of the the prospects for the offense in the in the in the second half of the season? Yeah, I think uh, you know as long as we get the one one thing that was really surprising to me in the Utah game was um, kind of our inability to get open. I, I think a lot of people kind of got on Gordon a little bit. Um, I don't think Gordon played that poorly. I mean, obviously he forced the ball over the middle a few times with those turnovers and whatnot, but the entire, the entire night, nobody was open. I mean, he had nowhere to go with them. I mean, how many times did our offensive line do a great job giving him three, four, five seconds and he was still holding the ball back there, you know, and then he scrambles around trying to reshuffle the deck with getting a scramble drill and getting somebody open down the field. And, um, we had tore our our receivers had torched you know man coverage all all season and uh when you to the few times that utah did come out and play man um we couldn't get off we couldn't get off a press and that yeah. was extremely surprising to me um i think it really comes back to I, I i spoke a little bit to this in my kook fan article but um and this kind of goes back to recruiting but um you know, the loss of Brandon Arcanado, uh, if, if the, I, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that it was clearly apparent that uh, we missed him terribly. Um, and that that position he plays, that Y position um, is is without a doubt the most important position in the air raid. You know, it, it all runs through him. Uh, with the Y cross play. I mean, a lot of our quick game, he's the first read. Um, and we weren't able to attack the middle of the field at all against Utah. And um, for whatever reason, Aesop and, and, and Dez and, uh, and gosh, where has Tay Martin been? I mean, really the whole yeah. year. Um, I don't, I mean, seriously, the whole year, he's kind of been um, non-existent. Uh, so, I was a little bit, I had a little bit of a soft spot for Gordon with that game. You know, I, I, we had a lot of trouble getting off man coverage when, when I was there, um, you sure. know, we, we really struggled against Arizona state and, and UW and, and teams that would put five, five men in the box, still be able to stop the run with only five and then play two man behind it. Um, that was kind of our kryptonite when I was around, um, and, and the yeah. physicalness of the defense too, like the grabbing and the holding, mm-hmm. I, you can see it on some of the Utah replays they'd show from like the, the end zone view guys are getting hell all over the field. Yeah. And I'm not going to, you know, pack 12 refs, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I mean, there's, there's that style that goes along with it that just, yeah, there was just no, there was nowhere to go a lot of times you could see. Yeah. And our receivers need to do a better job if they're not, if the refs aren't calling it, I mean, get their hands off you, you know, you know, when they come up the, the snap of the ball and the DB puts his hands on, you know, break his wrist. Don't, don't, don't let him touch you. And uh, for whatever reason, we really struggled with that. But um, what I kind of mentioned going back to recruiting, um, not to get off topic, but mm-hmm. I, I've been a little bit surprised at our lack of depth. Um, you know, special teams hasn't been great this year. And that kind of goes back to depth. And then, again, losing Brandon Arcanado, I didn't think it would be that big of a drop-off with uh, right. Bell stepping in and whatnot. But but we really, really, really struggled. And 
I want to talk a little bit about when our offense is sputtering like that on the sideline, it gets really tense because Leach is Leach just gets flabbergasted that we're not moving the ball. I mean, he just can't, <laughs> he can't get it through his head that somebody's actually stopping our defense. And so we'll, or our offense, excuse me. And so you'll come off to the sideline and Leach just won't leave you alone. You know, there needs to be some some points where, uh, you know, we went three and out. All right, let me gather myself. I'll go talk to the offense and let's get back out there. Um, but it, it gets really – the mood gets really tense when, when the offense is struggling because Leach gets so frustrated. And uh, we need to do – when I was around, you know, Vince Maley was without a doubt our best offensive player. So I would go out, right. whether it was a quick screen, like a, you know, a missile screen or a tunnel screen or a slant or just a look, you know, a snap of the ball and throw it out to him. Uh, the best player on the offense needs to touch the ball, get a first down. And when the big guys up front are moving forward, you know, everybody starts to relax a little bit and confidence starts to get back into the system. Our best player on offense is Max Borgie. You know, I know everybody yes. kind of laughs when in my Coug fan articles and when I've been on the Spokane ESPN radio station saying that we need to run the ball. But uh, it, it's it's true. We need to be running the ball more because Max Borgie's our best player on offense. And I don't know how many touches exactly he had against Utah, but I know it wasn't more than 12. It was eight, eight carries. Yeah, eight carries. I think he caught like – didn't he catch like nine balls though? Or so I thought he, I thought he, well, maybe not. Maybe it was like seven or something. Yeah. I Anyways, I, I just yeah. know he needs to be touching the ball more and our offensive line is good enough at this point to, to run the ball down people's throats. And uh, when we're struggling like that on offense, we need to get in our two back set and, and run power, you know, get it, get him the ball. I think I was thinking of the UCLA game. I think he yeah. had like 17 total touches, but just fantastic explosive plays. Yeah. I mean, he's, my, he's amazing. I mean, my observation, you know, from watching the Utah game is that I felt like it was, I thought it was a learning experience that I thought that, that, you know, or an experience that Gordon would be able to learn from and adjust to pretty quickly. I mean, the, the, um, there were numerous occasions where, and this is one of the things we talked about too before in terms of, of, of what made the offense work so well last year uh, with Gardner is that, you see the same types of looks um, at the line of scrimmage, you know, where it is that you have, you know, seven or eight guys that are lined up in the box and then, you know, the ball is ball is, you know, snapped. And then you've got, you know, five of them drop in, drop into coverage. Um, and, and, and the game was frustrating because Utah was, was, was kind of able to bull rush us in the same way that UW was with like three or four guys. But whenever it is that you'd see, see all those guys drop instantly into coverage, what Gardner did last year is just went straight to his check down and just, you know, allow, you know, Booby or Max to be able to get the ball in the flat and just, and just go one-on-one. Um, and there were numerous occasions in the Utah game where, um, where that check down was wide open. And there was one third down play in particular where Gordon decided to go long, where if he just dumped I know it, exactly dumped what you're talking to, about. to McIntosh yep. on the left, there was nobody there. Um, I mean, yep. he, would, he would just walked in. Um, and so, you know, for me, it seemed to me like, like, you know, the, just seeing that, being able to see that on film, being able to react just a little bit quicker to, you know, when you see guys then drop back into coverage, just about getting the ball out in the flat quickly. 
Um, you know, you mentioned getting the ball more to Max. I was surprised that we didn't just run more uh, bubble or tunnel screens just really quickly to the outside to, to Dez and just get mm-hmm. the ball out there and let him just try to bulldoze his way to four to five yards to get a little bit more, me- more momentum um, and to, you know, disrupt the timing of the defense a little bit. Um, but I, I, I feel like it wouldn't surprise me at all if, I mean, Arizona State's really good, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if we went out and played great offensively next week. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally think we'll play well offensively next week. I think, uh, speaking to what you said, you know, it, it's definitely a learning experience for Gordon. And it's a learning experience for how to handle um, everything a quarterback needs to handle in a leech offense, you know, throughout the, the period of a game. Um, especially like on the sideline, you know, it, it takes a little while um, as a starter, as a starting quarterback in a leech offense to get used to how you need to be handling the sideline, how you need to handle the rest of the 10 guys, you know, on offense and how you need to handle your conversations with leech. Because as you know, the Fox sports does a lot of, uh, you know, zoom ins and slow-mo replays and whatnot. And when they're going to commercial, you know, a zoom in on Gordon's face and whatnot. And it was clear that, that he was frustrated, you know, it was clear that he was annoyed. Um, and that's something that it, it takes a little bit of getting used to, you know, how the sideline works and how, how leech works on the sideline. So I think it'll only uh, get better going forward. And I am really excited to see how he plays next week. Um, Cause I think he's extremely talented and, and more than more than good enough to abs as as we've seen. I mean, the guys shoot in our opener. He was twenty two or twenty three or whatever Jesus it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Against and, air, that's tough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited to see how uh, we handle Arizona State's three three five. You know, obviously they start five defensive backs. You know, they sugar up a lot of those linebackers up. Uh, to the to the line of scrimmage so it'll be a big uh, a big game for our center making our you know strength calls and who's blocking who um, so I'll be interested to see how that goes with uh, the the thing on the like the at the line of scrimmage what the air raid quarterback has to process um, and then I mean, you're, you're setting protections, you're getting the call, you're deciding if you're going to run or, or check to a run or, or whatever the play is, or if you're going to change the play. There's a lot of, there's a lot going on at the line of scrimmage before the snap. And then you factor in, I mean, I know they went and played in an NFL stadium against Houston, but this is, this was Gordon's first real shot on the road in conference and crap weather, loud crowd, a good team. <laughs> So it's like it wasn't a complete disaster given there there was a lot of circumstances around it. And, oh, by the way, you're coming off one of the worst losses in modern school history. Yeah, so, and I, I think it's really – we need to remember that that was what you just said. It was Gordon's first road start, and that's a really tough place to play. I mean, I, sure. I remember, you know, my time there. It's really loud. Uh, you know, maybe they don't have the biggest uh, – uh, attendance, you know, numbers that that'll jump out at you. But that stadium is really, really loud. And uh, yeah, the weather was awful. So I, I think uh, this is nothing but a but a, you know, obviously, it was a tough loss. But I think if you talk to any Coug fan that said, you know, before the year started that they circled Utah as a win, 
they're <laughs> they're lying to you. I mean, I I know you know we we could have won the game. Not saying that we had no chance, but right. I think a lot of people. Um, if we go through Utah at four and one would have been really happy with that. And really that's what we should be. Was a question for you, Connor was Graham Harrell there when you were there or was he after you left? He w- he got there right after the 2013 season. So he got there right after my junior year. So I had him for my senior year. Was he, did he act as any kind of a, I, I don't know, a buffer between quarterbacks and Leach. I know he was not even really a quarterback's coach, but whatever his official title was. He was a wide receiver's was. coach. Yeah. But he, he worked awesome. a lot with the quarterbacks. Yeah, he? He, wor- he worked a lot with me. I spent all of my, all of my film sessions with him. Uh, you know, Monday is our off day, and I would spend, uh, honest to goodness, no exaggeration, five to seven hours in the building watching film with wow. him. And we really took a huge step offensively because of Graham Harrell getting there. I mean, 2013, um, I started every game. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. it ended up throwing for almost 4,600 yards that year. Um, But I would have obliterated that number if I I don't break my leg my senior year. And we took, without a doubt, a huge step because of Graham. Um, one of the bio, I owe him a lot to my success. Actually, if you guys, uh, go back and watch those games in 2012 and 2013, you know, obviously I split time with, with Jeff tool in 2012, but, uh, at, when, when Harold got there, I mean, I think he got there, uh, maybe a week or two after our New Mexico state or New Mexico bowl, uh, loss um and i remember one of the first conversations he had with me um you know our offense what it was then to what it is now looks extremely different uh you know when i was there in 2014 we started doing a little bit more things but especially in 2012 and 2013 it was the absolute most bare bones of leach's air raid i mean we were only running ace which is the two by two formation early and late which is the three by ones and then blue and grew we were literally running four formations and that was it and we didn't have any motion whatsoever wherever you know vince maley was the x receiver so he lined up on the left side of the formation 100 percent of the time you know gabe marks was the z receiver so he lined up on the right percent the right side of the field 100 percent of the time we had zero motion we were literally only running the normal air raid plays. And the first conversation Graham had with me was because at, at the end of that 2013 year, I think I threw, you know, 39 or something touchdowns, but I threw 20, I think it was like 19 or 20 picks. And um, he came up to me and said, boy, you had a hell of a year last year. And I said, well, you know, thanks. I, I didn't feel like it was, it was that great. You know, it was okay. But um, he said, no, we are asking you to to throw the ball into some terrible looks. Like we're running the most basic plays and we get down in, in the first half. And so the third and fourth quarter, you're throwing balls into windows that are minuscule. And if you don't throw it, you know, we're taking a sack. And so he came in and really helped Leach kind of take the next couple steps into the – 
I don't know, the new air raid or the, you know, everybody's kind of done their own wrinkle with it. You know, Lincoln Riley and Dana Holgerson. And and so he helped kind of get Leach into seeing that we need to do a few different things. You know, we need to have a few different motions because when a team – you know, schemes you up, we were probably the easiest team to game plan for in the, in the Pac-12. You know, we ran a eight to 12 different pass combinations, you know, and we had two run plays and we right. ran them out and we ran them out of four formations, you know, so I owe Graham a lot to my success and uh, it really showed. I mean, that 2014 year, if I don't break my leg, that is historically the best statistical season in the history of college football. I mean, I would have been the only college football player to throw for 6,000 yards in the history of the game. And I owe that to Graham. I owe that to my offensive line because they played their butts off that year, you know, without being, you know, maybe the most talented guys. I owe it to, you know, Jamal and, and Gerard stepping up as 18 year old true freshmen and I, I owe it to right. Vince. I owe it to River. I mean, our offense. Myers. How, oh, my gosh. Isaiah Myers, are you kidding me? He yeah. had an unbelievable year. Thousand I mean, yards, if, right. Yeah. If you yeah, look yeah. at our roster and how what those kids were as recruits to what we did as an offense in 2014, I mean, you got to be kidding me. Wow. I, 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 I'm amazed at the, the differences with Harrell anyway, but – I was wondering too on like that, that um, I guess kind of that buffer zone, like the, the, the go between, between a quarterback coach who's walked the walk. I mean, he's, he was there in Texas tech. He's, he's dealt with leech. And, and if, if you need, the, you know, as, as a, a really good quarterback at that level, if it's nice to have that extra voice in the room, Oh, it was unbelievable. In between. It was unbelievable yeah. because I said a lot of times in film, you know, hey, coach. You, obviously, we're 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 having a decent year. We we it was the first team to get to a bowl game, and didn't what I think it was ten years in WSU. Yeah. Um, but I I had a lot of games where I mean, it was it was tough. You know, I shoot, we threw the ball against Oregon eighty nine times. I mean, <laughs> that's You're still not, throwing it against right. Oregon. Yeah. It, it's, it's, <laughs> that's not fun. You know what I mean? Because by the third quarter, the windows that you have to get the ball into, I mean, if you're off by a couple inches, it's picked, but, but on the other side of the coin, it's third and 12. And if I don't throw that ball, we're punting and we're already down 28, you know? So what are you, what are you supposed to do there? So he was, Harold was, I can't, I can't put it into words how much I owe him to the success we had in 2014 because Leach would listen to him. You know what I mean? If a lot of the times I would bring something to Leach or say, you know, Hey, this isn't working or I need some help here. And he would dismiss. It's not the right word, but it it just meant more coming from Harold. Sure. I just remember a couple of years ago, I think it was, the last year Harold was there and there was a, like some PAC 12 video showing Harold working with Luke Falk and some of the footwork and some of the, you know, some goal line situations and stuff. And it's like, wow, that's, that's really, you know, the guy is really smart. I mean, you could see the upward trajectory of his career even back then and, and who knows where he goes next, but um, 
Oh, yeah. yeah. He'll, he'll be a head college football coach that'll go down in the history of, of, I mean, maybe not the best coaches ever, but at least one of the best offensive minds because he is so cerebr- cerebral in the point of being able to express – Obviously, his mind is one of the best offensive minds in college football right now. But a lot of guys have that. There's a lot of guys that can sit in the film room and draw things up and draw plays up for different coverages that'll get guys wide open to score touchdowns. But where where the the guy the coaches that are amazing separate themselves from all the guys that can draw it in the film room is being able to explain it to all 11 guys on offense that'll make sense, you know, to be able to talk to the quarterback in quarterback language, but to also be able to talk to the right tackle, you know, to be able to explain what he needs on this play, to be able to talk to the running back, to the slots, to the outside receivers. He's so good at putting things in words that make sense to everybody. Wow. Did you feel as a player, like you looked at him with more reverence? It's like, wow, this is Graham Harrell. I mean, he did this. <laughs> he, yeah. he set records back in the day, and he knows. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was I was a huge, huge, huge Texas Tech fan when I was in high school. Um, I remember for the until the day I die, I'll remember where I was watching the Texas Tech Texas game when you know right. Harold and Mike Crabtree. Crabtree. You know exactly. Yeah. Um, so it, yeah, I Graham Harrell was one of my favorite. It was Graham Harrell and Colt Brennan were my two favorite college football players and ever. ever. Guy, so, right? yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it was so cool to have Graham talking to me. I mean, it was like a dream come true for me. Very cool. All right. Well, maybe we should uh, wrap this up here. Um, what do you think about where we're headed next? Like, yeah, what, what do you uh-huh. think we're... I'm uh, I'm really I don't know if nervous is the right word. Um, ex- <laughs> excited is a word. Uh, but this next week, um, you know, again, I think we kind of started off this podcast a little bit um, not negative, but I mean, just kind of a little I... bit re- realistic, I would I would say. Yeah. And um, I am really I mean, this week is extremely, extremely important for how this rest of the year is going to go. You know, I, I, I don't think it's the end of the world if we lose, um, but it is the end of the world if we get torched defensively again. You know, if we give up 50 points, um, I'm just afraid with how things go um, in, with, the, with the coaching staff that we have, um, I'm afraid that we're going to be looking like beaten puppies with our tail between our legs and the confidence level is going to get to the point where it's uh, irrehensible. Um, so uh, this week is extremely important. I think, uh, I think Gordon's going to come out to play. I think uh, I know our, I think our offense is going to, is going to play really well. Um, but I'm, 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 I'm nervous. <laughs> Yeah. See, I, you know, my, my perspective is a little bit, is a little bit different um, because I think that I think it's going to be almost impossible for the defense to be able to turn things around significantly in a matter of, you know, a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, I, that's I, true. You know, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be more about, you know, gaining small wins and, and whether or not, you know, not only schematically, but in terms of, 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 of personnel about whether or not there are adjustments that are made that, you know, that 
that, that put folks into spots where they can be more successful. And whether that's, you know, like we talked about making changes to the back end um, to be able to improve the play calling to whether or not it's, it's making some changes on the defensive line to be able to um, have the interior of the opponent's offensive line be a little bit more occupied. So our blitzers can get home to be able to take, you know, pressure off the back end. I, right. I, I you know, I, I think, and, and then adjusting to two new coordinators and just even the logistics of that, I think, you know, may take a couple of weeks. The thing that I'm looking at is, is can, the, can, the, can the offense get back on track? You know, mm-hmm. Arizona State's defense is really good, really well coached. Like you talked about, they're really well schemed up. You know, is, is the team – the thing that I'm looking for this week is, is the team able to be able to go out, you know, put up 35, 40 points, put up, you know, 400, 500 yards worth of offense and, and give the defense – you know, a feeling that that the offense is going to be is going to be able to, to respond to be able to pick them up so they can kind of get more in that attitude of, OK, you know, we can play the next play because our offense is going to continue to score. Um, yeah. And so, you know, so as long as you know, as long as we play a competitive game and score a lot of points then I think that there's you know, I think we can lose and then come back against Colorado and, uh, and 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 get right and start to feel. Yeah, and I think uh, – sorry, I, I kind of lost you guys there. But I think yeah. one thing that needs to be said is um, our, our defense, the, we don't have to be world beaters, you know, with, with how talented this offense is, how talented Gordon is and how talented our receivers are. Uh, we just need to be a little bit more op- opportunistic. You know, the first right. – especially these last couple of weeks, we just have not been able to get off the field on third down. You know, we just need to get a few stops here and there. We need to be able to jump on a fumble when when they cough it up. We need to be able to make an interception, and we need to get a few special teams plays. We it can't always be a negative play on special teams, whether that's our punt returner not fair catching the ball and catching it, so we lose seventeen to twenty five yards when the ball rolls. You know whether it, you know it's given up a kick return. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, but we just need to be a little bit more opportunistic on defense to just get a little bit of a good feeling in the guys, you know, heads, just get a little bit of confidence. And I think, uh, you know, the more, the few plays here and there, we can do that. I think we'll be all right. Sounds good. I, I, my only, I'm, I'm optimistic in that I I do still have hope and that that's what it's all about, right? As a fan of anything, you got to have some hope. I'm not, I'm not expecting a, a massive upgrade on defense just because there's two new guys calling the shots, but I um I don't know if it was fool's gold from the beginning of the year. I, I I guess you know we covered up a lot of things because the the offense was so good and and some things kind of slid by. Maybe there was we were seeing things we wanted to or I was anyway. Right. Um. But I did see. I don't know if you guys saw Matt Chazanow's tweet yesterday. He said he he recanted or recounted the uh, Leach's eighth year in Lubbock. He actually did a midseason D coordinator change. And that they hired Ruffin McNeil that year. This is 2007, and they ended up going nine and four. Um, also on that team, and I'm reading Chaznow's qu- uh, quote that McBath was third on the team with tackles that year too. So, I, I mean, I, I guess it's been done before. It's not right. that it's impossible anyway. And mm-hmm. and uh, so I, I'm there's hope. <laughs> there's a glimmer. Um, and I don't think, you know, I, I, it was written about earlier today, John Wilner, that there's, there's lack of a super team on the conference right now. There's a lot of good teams in the middle, 
And so it's not like it's this impossible task of what's ahead. And I think that, you know, the play the next play, that mentality, let's just go out and get a win. Let's just go out and feel good. You know, it's right in front of them still. There's a hell of a lot of football left. So, um, yeah, we'll see. That's well, well put. That's well put. It's, it's, there's always hope, right? That's why we care. There's always exactly. hope. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, and also, Connor, I wanted to say, too, I mean, you said it early when you first jumped on. I mean, I don't think in your era, I don't think people questioned your love or desire of the game. Um, you were just, you were that first, you know, the first one into the wall that, that the, the culture flip of the program and everything else. I mean, you, you gave everything you could. And I, I think we'll always, I know we'll always be grateful for that. So thanks for, for everything that you did. Well, I can't, uh, those words mean way more than, uh, you'll ever know because, uh, this was, um, all I, all I ever wanted to do was to help turn the place around. Um, and it wasn't always easy and there was definitely some tough times, but, um, so look so, at it now, so look at that, you. look at, you know, you laid the gr- a lot of groundwork. Yeah. Yeah. Now, totally where it's been. So. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Absolutely. And thanks again for hopping on today. This was really, uh, opening and, uh, informative and fun. It was a lot of fun talking to you and, and, uh, We'd love to do it again sometime, I'm sure, so we can connect offline about that if you ever want to yeah, come uh, on back. Anytime uh, you guys have a spot for me, I'd love to do this. All right. Excellent. We'll, we'll do it next week, man. Thanks so much, Connor. Okay, perfect. I'll talk Thanks, to you guys Connor. soon. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. All right, bye. Take care. Bye.